Bishop Dr. Michael Hutton Wood, the Senior Pastor of House of Jenner, UK, the Happy Church, presents six dynamic life-changing books that will catapult you to higher heights and titles. Success has no uncles. Twelve cancers to avoid at all costs in leadership, ministry, and management. You have only one life. Make it count. Understanding and releasing the power of first fruit offerings and types. Invoking the incredible power of altars and sacrifices. Forgive, but don't forget. Success is self-determined. Success consists of little daily efforts. And failure consists of little daily neglects. Daniel said, I understood by books. No matter what life throws at you, stay focused and keep moving through relevant and current information. These books are definitely a must for your library. Order your copies today by calling or visiting our website, www.housejitter.org.uk, or using the information on your screen. Amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. As Pastor Michael said, it's such an awesome thing, feeling, anointing, when you're in the house. It's not the same when you're at home or you're at work. So many distractions. Amen. But I asked mom for the opportunity to um, share a testimony. You know, I'll make it as simple. You can read the full thing in my book. (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. You know, this year has started off real rough. You know, the theme is by the finger of God. The finger of God doesn't mean it happened overnight. And I've learned that there is a process. And that process is not an easy process. Sometimes you have to be bruised. Sometimes you have to be battered. Sometimes you have to cry out. And there are many times I'm on my knees. I said, Lord, why me? And for a month, that was my prayer. Why me? And then one day, I remember Mama B was preaching. And she was like, why not you? I'm like, really? I said, why not you? Then I started to flip the switch. I said, Lord, it is me. There is a process. And I need to travel that journey. But before I can go through that process, you need to cleanse me. You need to use me. You need to pour into me. You need to take out of me. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And how I see myself. It's like the ocean. You know when you look in the, in the ocean and you see the waves come in? Sometimes it comes in very hard. And even the sea has to cleanse itself. And if I'm not clear, careful, when it comes out at the beach, you know sometimes in the morning, you see all the bitches out there. And if I'm not careful, the, 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 um, the wave will take it back in. I said, Lord, as you clear me, as you clear me, Lord God, pour into me, Lord. Pour into me, Lord. Whatever comes my way. It is not for me to say, why me? Hallelujah. Say, if it's me, as long as you deal with me first. Hallelujah. Anything that comes, whether it's husband, it's children, it's work, everything. And I'm telling you, a lot of time I come here and the only thing I have is the joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. Sometimes I come in and I'm so broken. I'm so weak. But it's not for me to tell the church that I'm broken and weak. It's for me to put it at the altar. Amen. That is the altar. That is where my cares is. That is where my breakthrough is. That is where my deliverance is. I don't want to encourage each and every one of you. That if you want that situation to go, don't care what. You have to go to the storm. You have to go to the fire. And you have to decree. You have to declare. 
the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. When I go to the fire, it will not burn me. When I go to the river, it will not consume me. Hallelujah. So when things come my way, I just say, stand up and say, God, you are God. Amen. Amen. Sorry. <laughs> Amen. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. You know, there's so many battles. And there's victory. There is victory. But we have to learn to trust in God. Amen. When they said pray, you pray. I used to tell myself I couldn't do fasting because I'm driving. The Lord said nonsense. The Lord said nonsense. Go and fasting. Amen. And the first fasting I went on was a seven-day fasting. Six until six. I said, Lord, how can I go six until six? I can't even go 12 o'clock. He said, you are going to do it. And by, you, by my strength, you are going to do it. The first day I went through it. I'm like, oh, this is not bad. The second day I went through it. I called Sister Deborah and said, yeah, I got it now. I got it now. So when Bishop said fasting, I fasted. Hallelujah. We had midnight. I was the Lord. I have to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. But he said, you shall make it. You shall make it. The first night I did five minutes. I said, no worries. The next night I will do more. The next time I did 15. He said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's two minutes. It's two minutes. You'll be obedient. You will be. You will be victorious. You know, and as I said, there's loads of testimony. But there's two that stand up. And when God do good things for you, the world should know. The world should know. You know what the last two years, my daughter Renee, she, with COVID and everything, she really struggled during the, um, the, the whole lockdown and everything. You know, the uni work and all of that. The last two months, it was been a nightmare, not just for her, but as a mother. You know, just as a mother, knowing that she's going to, and there's nothing I can do about it. So she had three assignments to do. The first one was a podcast. And she practiced, she practiced, she practiced. On the day when she'd done it, she called me and said, Mom, I didn't do well. I said, what do you mean? She said, what I practiced, I didn't do it. I just like I speak rubbish. I said, your name is on the altar. I said, your name is on the altar. And that's all you need to know. Your name is on the altar. So don't fret thyself. I know who I serve. And even if man say no, God say yes. And the next result she got, the man failed her by one point. I said, your name is at the altar. Enough. Enough. I said, don't worry. Regardless, your name is at the altar. I said, but why did he fail you? It's okay. There was some grammar. I said, and? Oh, and she did not upload a weekly report. I said, your name is at the altar. I keep on coming to church, and I keep on putting their name on the altar because I know my Redeemer lives. I know who I serve. He's awesome. He's awesome. Hallelujah. And they said to her, you have two choices. You can appeal. But what the, 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 um, the lecturer does is final. So you can either wait until your last one, or you can, and if he fails you, then you have to do the whole thing again, or you can resubmit the paper until you get 50 and under, or you can um, do it, um, graduate in November. I said, no, that's not my portion. That is not my portion. So for her, the four weeks was hell. Even the day of the results, she went to work and she had to leave work. Panic attack. I said, God, no, no. Victory is mine. In the afternoon, all Sister Deborah could hear was screaming. She got 55. That means, hallelujah, she's graduating tomorrow. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. God 
graduating, I think, with Bachelor of Heart and Media with honors. But that's her graduation tomorrow. Amen, amen. Mom, just one more testimony. One more testimony. Yeah, I called mom last night and mom, I text mom, I wasn't able to be in church on Sunday. It's anniversary. I've toiled to, to help with the kids to give her all the leaves. I said, God, I'm driving a bus. I'm driving a bus all the day. I'm not at the anniversary. Why? You know, because I took away my flex and said, you now have to work on a Sunday. I said, God, the food bank, the laborers are weak. We don't have enough laborers, Lord. Who is going to take over from me? That is my thing, Lord. You know, and when I reached the stand, I tried to log on. I got 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to drive the bus. I said, no, Lord, you need to do something. Today I'm meant to be at work. But when I checked my router, they took me off. They took me off for me to be in church today. Amen. So the next four weeks I'll be in church. And I'm believing that he will change my soul. I will be in his house. And I just want to encourage your heart today that no matter what, no matter what, this place is not a place of sorrow. This place is a place of worship. This is a place where you lay down. And I would encourage each and every one of your children, other, whatever you believe in, this altar, this altar, it works. But you can't just put it there. You have to believe. You have to do the work. You have to ask God to use you first. Put you at that place so he can use you. And I know, I know there is more. There's more that he wants me to do. And I'm just saying, God, I am available. And as long as you're available, God will see you through. Amen. Hallelujah. Be outstanding. As, amen. As we praise God, we worship Him. Hallelujah. She said there is more that God has for us. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 I have more than a song. I have more than a song today. I brought myself. I am your sacrifice. I have more than a song today. I brought myself.
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Even in this atmosphere, God is here with us. Amen. We are now going to enter into a time of the word, hallelujah, that will come and transform our lives. Hallelujah. Please, we put our hands together as we welcome forward the mother of the house, our resident pastor, Reverend Bernie Hudson Wood. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We have come into your house, into your presence this day. Lord, none of us, all of you, in Jesus' mighty name, let's shout a living amen. Amen. Go ahead, go ahead, make some noise. We are in the land of the living. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Amen. Be seated in his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. We give God the glory. We give God the praise. Amen. We could go on and on and just worship Him. Amen. Because our God is good. Amen. All the time, all the time, God is good. It's not just a slogan. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord and it's good to see you all in the house of the Lord. Amen. We give God the glory for the life of our bishop. Amen. He is at uh, his mentor's place this morning. Amen. You know. Amen. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bishop Akitu Manfo is one of the very few people that will call just like that and Bishop will go, Amen. He said, come, son. And then Bishop said, I'm there, Amen. So, you have me, Amen. You have me, Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Thank God for the opportunity. I always say it's such a privilege to stand before God's people to speak the word. It's 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 an awesome task, Amen. But I believe that the Holy Spirit will grace me, amen, to speak the word of life into your lives, amen. That will bring transformation to your lives in Jesus' name, amen. First of all, I declare that by His stripes we are all healed, amen. We are all healed, amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, amen. So this month is the month of who remembers, amen. You know, I like the amen, amen. It's the month of serving God has no expiry date. Amen. Serving God has what? What does that mean? Serving God has no expiry date. Amen. You know, you go to the shop, you buy stuff in the shop, you go expiry date and all that stuff. Amen. What does that mean? It comes to a particular date where you cannot use it anymore because it's expired, but we still use them anyway. <laughs> Well, not when it's dairy products. Amen. 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 Indeed. <laughs> yes, you know. But things have an expiry date. Okay? But serving God has no expiry date. Tell your neighbor, your serving of God does not have a sell-by date. It does not have a date that it expires. It doesn't have a date that you say, well, I've finished serving God. And that's that. We serve God until Jesus comes. Amen. So we're going to look at warning signs. You know, I was reading uh, this thing uh, that blessed me so much by Stephen Astridge, and it was so good. It just blessed me. It was talking about 
why sometimes people struggle to serve. Why do we people struggle to serve? You know, and he, he one of the he gave was well, seven warning signs, but we got nine warning signs that you are drifting from God. The reason why sometimes people struggle to serve God is because they are drifting away from God. People are what? Drifting. Okay? People are drifting away from God. And so they struggle to serve. You can't serve if you are drifting away from that which you are supposed to be serving or where you are supposed to be serving. Amen. So we're going to look at nine warning signs you are drifting from God. Reasons why some are not serving. Some are struggling to serve. Amen. 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 Are we good? Are we in the house? We're ready to go. Amen. All right. So most Christians experience drifting from God instead of suddenly falling into a terrible sin or suddenly falling away from God. Amen. Most Christians experience drifting from God. They drift from God instead of suddenly falling away. No one falls away suddenly from God. No one falls suddenly away from church. There has to have been a drifting of some sort for a while before there's a sudden doing. Amen, somebody. So when people do things and say, oh, well, that's rather sudden. No, it ain't sudden. Sit down and look at the trend. Look at the history. Look at what has been happening. And then you will see there's a pattern. And then the suddenly happens. But it never happens suddenly. Amen. Amen. Oh, come on, saints. You know I do like some noise in the house. Amen. Because we are in the land of the living. Amen. And it's such a privilege to be able to be in His presence. Hallelujah. So I say that again. Most Christians experience drifting from God instead of suddenly falling into a terrible sin. You know, a guy doesn't just simply wake up one day. Or a woman. Let me do both. Amen. Okay, doesn't, we don't just wake up one day and say to, you know, uh, to himself, boy, today is a great day to start, you know, this amazing heroine, or what's the word, heroin addict, you know, drug, to take these drugs. Nobody gets up and says, wow, today is a beautiful day, I'm going to start taking drugs, right? Right? N- nobody gets up and says, you know what, this is a beautiful day, I'm in the mood to get drunk, I'm going to start getting drunk daily. No one does that, Right? Right? No one gets up and says, I'm just going to kill. Even people who kill, they plan. Even if it's at a spell of the moment, where did they get the, the, the bullet, uh, the, the gun from? Where did they, they had it on them. So even pre, you know, when they say, oh, well, I hadn't planned it. No, no, they, they thought about it. They had what? Thought about it before it happens. Amen. Amen. So no guy simply wakes up one day and says to himself, boy, today is a great day to start taking, you know, drugs or, you know what, I'm in the mood to get drunk, I'm in the mood to kill, to lie, to fornicate, to commit adultery. Nobody ever gets up and says, today is the day I'm doing that. And if today is the day they do it, it means that they have been planning it for a while. Amen. It's been what planned, thought of for a while, and the day of execution is the day that they have done it. So it wasn't suddenly. Amen. No, tell your neighbor no. That's not how it happens. And then say this to your neighbor. Say, big sin is always the sum of a thousand tiny choices. Amen. Big sin is always the sum of a thousand tiny choices. The little choices we make here, the little decisions we make here, the decisions that we refuse to take, the the choices we refuse to take, little by little. Tell somebody, little by little. Little by little. 
Little by little. Amen. It becomes a big thing. It's amen. That's why the, the author in Hebrews 2, 1 says, Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Okay, that's Hebrews 2, 1. It says that, therefore, tell your neighbor, therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Amen. So what does it mean to drift? What does it mean to drift? You know, it's so important to understand words, amen. Because, you know, we use this word, but what does it mean to drift? It means you move slowly, you know, to move along slowly, you know, um, uh, or change without um, uh, purpose or aimlessly going nowhere, to be carried along, you know, by a current, you know, our sister was talking about her testimony about the storms in battle sometimes that you have to go through, you know, sometimes that's what it's like, but to drift along is to, to, is to be carried along without subject, okay, with no guidance, amen, no control, amen. When you talk about someone is drifting, when you say something is drifting, it means it's being carried along with no guidance, Huh? With no control, no purpose, aimlessly, just drifting. Tell your neighbor, just drifting. That's what it means, to be carried along without you know, guidance, without control, to be going aimlessly around, going nowhere, to be carried. You know, like um, I, um, I always remember, I love, I love the sea, you know, I love, and there's a particular hotel by the seaside that I love that. When I go in, I always ask for that same place because from your bedroom, you can lie down in your bed and you can see the sea. Isn't that fantastic? You know, your bedroom, you don't have to come out. You just lie down and you look out and you see the sea, right? It's beautiful, yes. Amen. You see the sea, right? And then one, one day, this person, um, I think they were on a, a little boat or a little canoe or something, you know, and they, 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 I think they had tied it to the, the side. But I don't think they tied it properly. So it was there, you know, the tide was out, right? So it was just there nicely. And I saw it, I thought, oh, that's a nice little boat, a nice little dinghy, a nice little something. And I looked at it, you know, and then as the, the tide started coming in, the water started coming in, I saw the water lifting, the water was lifting, the waves were coming up, and then slowly, slowly, the boat by the side started drifting. It was just going, I thought, oh, I hope this guy has tied his thing properly, you know. Because if it hasn't, the way the thing was just drifting, just drifting, it's going to go somewhere. And lo and behold, the thing, I don't think he'd done it properly. And then when, in the morning, the thing was far away, far away. I think they had to call somebody to, you know, go and bring it back in there. But it was drifting away. So it was on the edge. But because it had not been secured properly, and the tide came in, the, the current of the sea came in, it began drifting. It, became, it began what? Drifting. It, became, it began what? Drifting. And that's what happens when we are not tied to the Lord our God. And then the storms and the waves and the currents come, we begin to drift. Amen? We begin to what? Drift. Amen? So one of the greatest, our greatest temptations as Christians is, to, is simply to drift away from Christ. You know, it's a, it's a big temptation. Look at your life. Let's look at everyone's life. Look at your life, okay? It's, it, that's one of the biggest temptations, is to drift away from Christ. We are not actively running away. No one is, we're not running away. You know, to run away is different, isn't it? Isn't it? You, you, you make a boat for you, you literally go. But we are not actively running away. We're just slowly drifting along with the lazy, the warm, the comfortable current of the world. 
That is the biggest, greatest temptation of all Christians, especially today, when you look at the world, and you look at what is happening, and you look at the lives of us as believers. Amen. What is the greatest temptation? We are simply drifting away. We're not running away from God. You know, we still, you know, we still know God. So we're not actively running away. We're just slowly drifting along with a lazy, lazy, warm, comfortable current of the world. And the scary thing is that we don't usually notice we are drifting. Uh-huh. We don't notice that we are drifting. And then we raise our heads one day and suddenly realize that we are miles away from land. We are miles away from God. We are miles away from where we ought to be. Hallelujah, somebody. Amos 6, 1 says, Woe unto those who are at ease in Zion. And Matthew 24, 24 says, For there shall arise false Christ, false prophets, and they shall show great signs and wonders, in so much that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Did you hear that? It says that, In the last days there shall arise false Christ, false prophets, and they shall show great signs and wonders, so much so that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very, very elect. You know, the elect are the chosen. And the Bible says we are a chosen generation. Amen. A royal priesthood, a holy people, set apart for the use of God. Amen. So we are the elect. Amen. But the Bible warns us that if we are not careful, uh, false prophets will come. I mean, you hear all kinds of madness. I'm not even going to go there with no one. Amen. I'm not going there with anyone. Amen. Okay? I know that you know God for yourself. Since when did you start taking the word of a man over God? I want to know that. That's, that's all I'm, I'm saying. I'm just throwing this out there. God is still God. God's word hasn't changed. Right? So if you, a man, decide today that your, your philosophy was wrong, well, does that change God? And does that change God's laws? God's principles? I don't think so. Amen. I don't think so. Amen. God is still God. Amen. Amen. So there shall arise false Christ, false prophets, and they shall show great signs and wonders, so much so that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. And I see the very elect being deceived day and night, day and night, day and night. And so I cry out and say, Lord, let your Holy Spirit lead me, guide me, direct me. Let me stay in your house. Let me stay in your presence. Let me stay in your word so that I will not be deceived by every wind of doctrine. I will not be tossed to and fro by every wave of doctrine. Amen. Amen. You know, Second Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God. Amen. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly divided the word of truth. Amen. Amen. You study. Tell your neighbor, you study. I tell somebody else, you study. I can't study for you. Tell somebody, I cannot study for you. I would love to, amen. But I cannot do it for you, amen. That's what the Bible says, you must study, amen. Show yourself approved unto God, a workman, okay, that knows the truth of the word. Rightly dividing the word. When the word comes, you can rightly divide the word of truth, amen. Amen. You know, another scripture says uh, in 1 Corinthians 10, 12 to 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 to 13. It says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh his standard take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but with that same temptation he will make a way of escape so that you will be able to bear it. Amen. What are you going through? 
What temptation are you going through? What are you, you know, what are you, I mean, what is happening in your life? God said that you must not faint, you must not give up. Whatever temptation, he says, without temptation, he will make a way of escape. Yours is to look for that way of escape. Amen. Yours is to look for what? That way of escape. Amen. He said, let him that thinketh what a seed lest he fall. No one should think they are so strong and they are so up there that they will never fall. Can I say that one more time? Nobody, nobody is above the law. Amen. That is why it says we must work out our own salvation with fear and trembling daily. Daily. Amen. Amen. So anyone can drift. Anyone can drift. Anyone can backslide. Anyone can leave a very good church suddenly. Or a man of God that God has placed them under without knowing their heart has left. It begins slowly. It begins what? Slowly. It begins what? Slowly. So when things, I just want us to understand when something happens suddenly, it's not sudden. It's not what? Sudden. It has begun a while. It had begun a while and is now happening. Amen. It's now manifesting. Amen. You know, when I was in Ghana, I was in, Bishop, I was in a pleasant place, uh, uh, Bishop Gideon, uh, Bishop's Twin Brothers Church. And, you know, one, one of the, uh, the Sundays I was there and he was, he was teaching and he said this and the thing just hit me pow, you know. Because, you know, like our sister Arlene said, you know, everybody goes through stuff. It doesn't matter whether you are the Pope or the Archpope or the Bishop or the Archbishop or the Prophetess or the, it doesn't matter. He says, you are in this world, you will go through tests. Right? We are in this world, right? Oh, speak to me, come on. He said, you will go through tests. He told us. So if we're going through tests and trials, it's not anything new. He said, we will go through, but we must be of what? The cheer, because he has what? Already overcome the world. Victory is already ours. It's a process. You must go through. Okay? You can't quit because you're going through trials. Right? You can't. Because you, you, you will face them. Okay, it's like you have to win this battle to move to the next. Is someone with me in the house? If you don't whip this bad boy, you will be fighting that bad boy for the rest of your life. You got to whip this one, huh? And then move on to the next. That's what it's like. Okay, so we all have things that we go through. And I was in, you know, some state and somewhere and all that. And I was in church, you know, and just praying and worshiping. And then I was just on my knees. And, you know, and then. Bishop Gideon, when he was preaching, he said this. He said, don't let a bad person move you away from a good God or a good church or a good pastor. You know, when, when the word comes, sometimes you, you, you just know that this one is for me. This one is for me. He said, don't let a bad person. Why would you allow a bad person or someone with wrong motives, someone who doesn't love God the way you love God, right? The way you serve God, right? The way you come church, right? The way you give, right? The way you do God, right? Why would you allow a bad person to move you away from a God who has been so good to you? Huh? A church that has been there for you. A pastor that has been good to you. Why? He says, do, do not let a bad person move you away from a good God or a good church or a good pastor. Somebody shout a living amen. Let that be a living amen. You know, and the thing about drifting is that you could be drifting for a long while before you know you've drifted. Amen? It's scary. 
Are you scared? You could be drifting. You could have been drifting for a long time before you know that you've drifted. You wouldn't know because you still come to church. You still use the slogans, the jargons, the language we use. So you don't realize that you are drifting. So how can you tell you are drifting? Let's look at a few things here. How can you tell you are drifting? Number one, this word is for me. This word is for you. Don't look at me. There's no one. Okay? This is you and God. Me and God. Amen. Alright? How can you tell if you are drifting? Number one, you spend little time. Okay? You spend little, if any, time reading God's word and praying. That's the number one sign that you are drifting. Okay? You may still read the word, but is it as much as you used to before? Okay? So you may spend little, if any time at all, reading God's word and praying. Using excuses like, I am just too busy right now to read the word or to pray. These are the excuses you hear today. I'm too busy, you know. I'm tired. I've been working all day. I need a break, you know. Uh, I can't do this right now, alright. Luke 18.1 says, Men ought always to pray and not faint. Is that the word? Is that the word? We're getting back to the word, amen. There's too much nonsense going on in the, in the world that you look at it and then you look at the word and you ask yourself, well, where is the word in that? Where is the word in that action? Where is the word in that behavior? Did you understand what I'm saying? We're drifting away from the word of God into the lazy, comfortable, you know, lukewarmness of the world. And we are not even aware of it. Okay? We're doing things and it's like, well, where is God? Where is God? Where is the word? What does the word say about this? Okay? Well, where is God in all that? We're drifting away from the word. Into the way of the world. So we're drifting from the word into the world. The world. Okay? It says men of all... This is the Bible. Why are you not praying? Why do you not pray? Why do you spend little time or no time at all praying and reading the word? I mean, come on somebody. Amen. Amen. That is the word of God. Amen. It says men ought always to pray and not faint. And we, we know First Thessalonians 5.17 says what? Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. We just read a scripture in, um, in the book of Timothy. Second word it says study to show yourself approved. Study, study, study. The days in which we are living in are evil. Amen. They are what? Evil. And if anything at all, the very elect can be deceived. Amen. Amen. So, why should we not spend time reading the Word of God? Tell your neighbor, you're drifting. Oh, come on, tell somebody, you're drifting. Yeah, so number one reason, if you spend little, if any time at all, reading God's Word and praying, using excuses, I'm too tired, I'm too busy right now, you know, I'll find time. I mean, when are you going to find time? If you don't make time, time is not suddenly going to fall on your lap and say, well, there's time, do it. You have to make time. Oh, we make time for everything else, right? Do we not make time for everything else? We make time for everything else that we think is important to us. And the word of God. Prayer. The word of God is priority. Amen. So that's the number one reason. Amen. We don't make time to pray anymore. We don't make time for midweek services, our teaching services. We don't make time for our Friday prayer meetings anymore. We're too busy. We're too tired. Drifting. Tell somebody, you're drifting. 
That's the first sign. You're drifting. Amen. And then number two, I'm just going to go through this very quickly. And I want us to pray. Amen. And then number two, the gospel doesn't affect you like it used to. Amen. That's the number two sign. So number one, you spend little or no time at all reading God's word, studying God's word. Number two, the gospel doesn't affect you like it used to. Ah, once upon a time when you hear the word of God, your heart, it will, your heart will be what prick, amen? Your conscience will be stirred, amen? To what righteousness, to repentance, to do better, you know? Hallelujah! Is somebody with me in the house? Once upon a time when the word of God came, you're on fire, amen? You hear the word and your spirit man, you, you receive the word with, with your spirit man, amen? Not your flesh, amen? Oh, come on somebody. Are you hearing me, somebody? In-house and online. The word of God comes, your, your spirit man sits up, amen. And your heart, your, your, your heart is on fire. Speak to me, Lord. Holy Spirit, minister to me. What are you saying to me, Lord? What is it that you want me to do? But the word does not have, the gospel doesn't affect you. If the gospel does not affect you like it used to before, you're drifting. Tell somebody, you're drifting. Eh? You is what? Drifting. You is what? Drifting. Okay? I've heard it before. Sometimes this is the excuse. You've heard it before. Oh, now you know more than God now. Huh? I've heard it before. Same old, same old. What's Mama B going to say that I haven't heard before? What's Bishop? Oh, that man. Again, he goes again. Sweating and spitting all over us. I've heard it all before. You see what I'm saying? Oh, coming to church. Here we go. Pastor uh, Jesus is going to be striking that keyboard like, you know, no man's business. Uh, I saw Pastor over there. Hmm. You know, and then you see what I'm saying? You have in your mind a pattern, a thing. So you're not coming to church anymore for God. You're not coming for yourself. You're not coming to hear God anymore. You're not coming to worship God anymore. That's why you just come and you go. You come and what? You go. Because in your mind's eye, you have it all planned. Oh, this one will come and pray 10, ten minutes. Oh, this one will come and pray half an hour. And they are disturbing us. And then they'll come and do some praise. You, you have it in your mind. Eh? But, oh, my Lord Jesus. I said, my Lord Jesus, you should see us when we are coming into the house of the Lord. And we are running. I, we, we have to have a timetable because we need to operate by that. But the Spirit of God cannot be controlled. Amen. So when you are coming in, before you come in, you get up, you pray, you fire it up, you light it up, and you come in, and you miss the things. We come, you should see us when we come in here. And we are practicing, and we are praising, and we are preparing. To have fellowship with the master, with the king of kings. I'm not here to fellowship with no man. And so my spirit man is ready. Whatever program we have to follow, that's fine. But I'm tuning into the spirit. To hear a word from the spirit. About me. What God wants for me. What God wants me to do. So you can never come into the house of God and live the same. You can never come into that unless you came and you just came. Hallelujah somebody. So the gospel doesn't affect you. That's the second sign that you are drifting. Amen. The gospel doesn't affect you like it used to before. Amen. It doesn't. Oh, preach very good grace like yeah, 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 whatever. You know? It doesn't affect us anymore. You know? We, 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 the, the sin that we are sinning, we, we carry on sinning. Ah. Huh? Once upon a time, when you are sinning and you hear the word, you are praying, Lord, don't let me die on your altar. Huh? Amen. Now it's like, oh, hurry up and let me just go continue. 
Something is happening in this world. I'm telling you, if we are not careful, it says the very elect, even the very elect will be deceived. That is why it's so important when the word of God comes, you sit down, look at yourself, don't look at anybody. This looking at people and people said and people did and he did that. You need to let it go. You need to look at your God and save your God. Save your God with every fiber of your being. Give your God, give your God your best. Amen. Because you're not here for any man. On that day, no one will stand beside you. That is a scary thought that we have forgotten. Your wife, no matter how much she loves you, your husband, no matter how much she loves you, your children, no matter, none, 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 none. Nobody, you will have to stand beside Almighty. That should scare you. And you have to answer for yourself. And then what are you going to tell him? And the thing is that when we stand before God, it's all so clear. It's like, oh, how did I miss it? How did I miss it? How did I miss it? Because you can't, out, you can't talk your way out with God. Because the scripture is clear about how to deal with everything. He's just going to ask you, okay, so this one is, so what did you do? This is God. All God will be asking, so what did you do? Okay, okay, so Pastor Michael did, did, did this and he said that and then he said, okay, I hear you, but what did you do? Well, and then Bishop did, 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 did. okay, God will say, I hear you, babe, but what did you do? Oh, and then those ushers at the back, God said, I hear you, sweetness, what did you do? It's all in my word. It's all what? In my word. What did you do? Go ahead, go ahead, make some noise. So when the gospel doesn't affect you and not like it used to, we are drifting. I've heard it a thousand times before. It just seems a bit old. Same old, same old. Boring. Ah. And a nice big yawn. Ah. As Bishop will say, you are hacking the whole world. Swallowing the whole world. I've heard it before. You know, I'm speaking something. Okay. Oh, there she goes. Praise God. There I go. Yes. I'm going. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Listen. 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 Amen. Matthew 4, 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. Bread is good. Bread is necessary. But we cannot live by bread alone. We must live by what? Every word. Amen. And then Proverbs twenty two twenty eight. Proverbs twenty two twenty eight. One of my favorite scriptures. He says, "Remove not the ancient mark which thy fathers have set." Remove what? Not the ancient landmarks that your fathers have set. Amen. Landmarks are essential in designating property lines. Amen. State borders, national boundaries, important events. Amen. Without landmarks, we'll be unable to determine the boundaries. Amen. Amen. Without landmarks, look at the places that you live in, your property, the houses you live in. Do you not have a border line? Do you have not have a landmark? Mark. Maybe you don't know, but you do. The fence. That fence. <laughs> that fence between your house and the neighbor's house. Huh? That's your landmark. That's the landmark. That, that's the border. Amen. That's the security. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So without landmarks, we will not be able, without the, the fence, you can easily encroach into your neighbor's house. Your neighbor can come, walk through your back to the front of their house if they choose. Imagine, without the fence, the gate and all that, without that landmark, okay, the landmarks are basically borderline. They help to create boundaries. Amen. Without that boundary, your neighbor is free, his dog is free, his cat is free. 
There's a car that keeps coming to the house. The other day I put pepper around the place. I chased that little demon out of my garden. Amen. I don't, I don't just do cats. I don't have a cat. Why is a cat messing my garden? So I looked at what to do and I did it. Amen. Praise God. That's, that is not, you, 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 you are encroaching on my you are encroaching on my property. Amen. Stay in your in your property. Amen. Amen. <laughs> no, but seriously, amen. Landmarks are essential. They are necessary. Amen. Without landmarks, we cannot determine which property is ours. Amen. Amen. Without landmarks, we can encroach into our neighbors from strange to other things. Amen. Without landmarks, the ancient landmarks, the fathers have said, without that word, without those landmarks, we can easily stray into heresies. Amen. We can stray towards heresies. Things that are not scriptural. Things that are not biblical. Amen. Without the ancient landmarks, we begin to drift into things, weirdness, funniness. Amen. And believe it's gospel when it's not gospel. We believe it's what? Gospel when it's not gospel. Amen. So, the scripture says, remove not. Tell your neighbor, remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Amen. It says, do not stray. Amen. Do not stray. When you, when you, when you move that... Hallelujah. Do not, do not move. When God says thou shalt, he means thou shalt. When God says thou shalt not, he means what? Thou shalt not. You're justifying the shall not, does not make it right. Wrong is wrong is wrong. You can justify the wrong. You can sugarcoat the wrong. Huh? You can explain away the wrong. But if it's wrong, it's still wrong. Let's be serious with this God, though. The joking is too much. The what? The joking is what? Too much. I want, when my sister came was giving the testimony, I was like, ooh, that's some fire behind her. Amen. That's what I want to see. Let's have some fire in the house. Why? Because we are depending on the word of God and not man. We are using the word of God and not what man says. Amen. Yes, we have pastors, we have ministers, we have a bishop after God's own heart who teaches us, but it's your responsibility, it's my responsibility to take the word of God and use the word, run with the word, do the word in order to see results. If we don't do that, then we just go and come, sir. We just go and come and nothing will happen. Amen, man. It's you, amen. Amen. Alright, let's move on. So that was number what? Two. Was that number two? The gospel doesn't affect you like it used to. Amen. Same old, same old. Boring. Yeah, I've heard it before. Right. Okay. And then number three. Let's look at number three. The third sign that you are drifting from God. You don't spend much time fellowshipping with other genuine God-loving Christians or in church. Amen. That's the third reason. You don't spend much time fellowshipping with other genuine God-loving Christians or in church. Well, it didn't say you don't spend much time fellowshipping with perfect, huh? perfect Christians in church. Huh? Because you yourself were imperfect. Amen. Let's face it, none of us is perfect. Amen. Anyone who is perfect, I mean, I said that, yeah, I knew somebody's hand would go up. You know, I know that I'm not perfect, but I'm well close, amen. I'm what pretty close, amen. Let me let me toot my own horn, okay? No one is gonna toot you for me, but I toot it, amen. 
I want toot it. Toot, toot, toot. Amen. Amen. Why do I say what I say? I say what I say because I have purposed in my heart, okay, that I will not move away from the ancient landmark. I have purposed in my heart to stay with God regardless of what comes and what goes. And plenty comes and plenty goes. Trust me. In the church. Amen. I said what? In the church. I said what? In the church. Not outside. In the church. Plenty comes, plenty goes. So you have every cause to not want to what? Stay and do God. Amen. Amen. You don't want to fellowship. You know, you don't spend much time fellowshipping with other genuine God-loving Christians or in church. Uh, some people say, I've worked hard. Oh my days. This guy, you know, when I read this, that's a, this, 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 I, I was studying this. See, I'm excited. I don't even know how to, to put it into words. Amen. You know, this, this guy in the uh, 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 church's uh, leaders forum, and he said this. He said, this is what some people say. I've worked hard. I'm tired. The last thing I want to do is to go and be with those people. Amen. <laughs> Who are those people? Are you not one of those people? Eh? I've worked hard. I'm tired. You know what? I need my me time. Amen. That, the one statement that I hate, oh my God, I hate. It, it just... It just Sets my back. It just my back just goes up like that. You know, just, just you know, is you do you and let me do me. I when I hear that, I'm like, you you need to go get your behind somewhere. What does that even mean? Oh, I need to do me. You do you. I do me. Tell me where that is in scripture in which I talk. You see what I'm saying? That we are drifting. We are using all these jargons. The world is saying all these things. And they sound nice. But they are unscriptural. And we are drifting from the truth. We are moving uh, the, the ancient landmarks. And we don't even know we are drifting. I'm tired. Who is not tired? Everybody is tired. Everybody is tired. Do you want me to tell you one of the, my days? What one of my days is like? Right? I'm up at six. Well, now we're doing midnight prayer. Amen. Listen, guys. Join if you can join. Even if it's five minutes, join. Amen. It's working. Things are shifting in the spiritual realm. Amen. Amen. Okay? And then you're up early by 5.36. I'm up by 7.30. I've left the house because I have an appointment about 8. So you have to leave early in order to meet that appointment. And I'm at that appointment till about 9.30. Okay? I'm just telling you one day what I'm like. And then one day last week... From the appointment, I was at my, my grandson's uh, sports day from about 9.30 till about 11.30. And then from there, I quickly had to rush home, quickly grab something to eat and change. And then I took my daughter. to She, she also had an appointment somewhere in London, so we had to leave early. You know traffic, amen, right? And we got there for 2 o'clock, left, came back about 5.30, quickly came in, something to eat quickly. And then I had counseling, amen. I had counseling online with a couple, amen. And then from there, I was so exhausted. I thought, Lord, let me breathe. But one of our sisters had a, a, a thing going on. And I thought, no, I need to show up on there and show some support. So I was there till about 8.39 in the evening. By the time I finished, I was gasping for breath. Amen. 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 Why am I saying, what am I saying, why am I saying these things? Why am I saying these things? We are all tired. And we can use that as an excuse. Not to fellowship. Not to come to church. Not to show up at the midweek uh, 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 Bible studies. I mean, if you're working, genuinely, you know you're working. But I'm not talking about that. 
This I'm too tired business needs to stop. Imagine God said, I'm too tired to bless you. God said, listen, I've been working all, all day, hard all day, blessing so and so. Now, you just wait. Amen. 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 So, number three, you don't spend, like I said, this message is for me. When I read it, I was like, whoa, let me find myself here and let me fix up. Amen. You don't spend my time fellowshipping with other genuine God-loving Christians or in church. I've worked hard. I'm tired. I, I don't, you know, I need to spend my own time. I need to da da da. I, 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 I. Amen. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. So some people's habit is to neglect meeting together. Don't let that be your habit. Do not what? Let that be your habit. You have to push through. Sometimes you are exhausted. Okay, one of the days I was so tired, I said, Lord, can I do this? I feel like I'm going to drop down. I feel like I'm going to faint. But I said, no, you have need of me. I have to be on, online. I have to be there. I need to be there to put up the scriptures. I need to be there to show support. I need to be there to hear the word for myself. I need to be there to build up my own faith. Amen. Amen. He says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Shout to somebody, but encouraging one another. Who are you encouraging? Who are you encouraging? Amen. He says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. That is encouraging one another so much more as you see the day approaching. And the day is fast approaching. Instead of encouraging one another, we're enabling, enabling one another into hell. We're supposed to be encouraging one another, exalting one another. What are we doing? Enabling one another what into hell. Somebody say, what does that mean? When we, 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 something is wrong and we cannot correct somebody, you will enable person to carry on. You know that thing that person, that brother is doing, that sister is doing is wrong. But you cannot correct them in love. You, you can't. You are, you, 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 when, when you speak to them or when they speak to you, you pass them on the back and say, Yo, oh, say, Look, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And they are going to hell. See what I'm saying? We are drifting. We are drifting with the tide. We are drifting with the current. And we don't even realize that we are drifting. If it's wrong, it's wrong. You tell them, brother, that is not right. What, what does the word say? Okay, you can't do this. Because that is against the word. We can't do that anymore. Enabling people. One time they say, oh, okay, no, go. You know, soothing them, soothing them. It's okay, it's okay. I understand. I understand. Yo, understand them to help. We must encourage one another so much more. When we, the things that are happening in the world should tell us that the world is coming to an end. Jesus is coming soon. And he says that if we are not careful, the very elect will be deceived. But let us work, let us walk in love. Let us work, encourage one another. If you do something wrong, I'll tell you. I said I was. I've told you. So many people don't know me for that. So they don't even come to me. I'm babysitting no big grown old buffalo. Amen. According to our pastor, Johnson, amen. No. It's true though, isn't it? Look, when you have children, some of you have children, you have little ones that you look after. There's a certain behavior that you expect from a certain age, up to a certain age, right? After that age, you don't put up with it anymore. Is that not true? It's the same. We should be growing. We should be maturing. You can't be doing the same thing you used to do when you were four years old, five years old. You are now 16, 17, 18, fully grown. And you are still behaving like a child. 
And you expect to be baby, you know, someone to babysit you and pamper you. For how long? When souls are dying, people are dying. When we should be encouraging one another to move on to greater heights, to greater depths, to greater things. Because you can't tell somebody when they are wrong. Hey, when did we drift so far? You see the drifting? Drift. When did we drift so far? Now we don't even know we've drifted. That is okay. No, when you are wrong, you are wrong. Somebody's offended. Tell them, ask them, why are you offended? Let them tell you the reason. And you yourself. Tell them that, ah, but brother, this offense or sister, this offense, ah, no, 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 no. Deal with it. And get on with it. Amen. Don't sit there and pat them in the back and say, ah, well, you, you, <laughs> something is happening in the world. Something is happening in the world. It's scary. Let's not drift. Amen. Psalm 84 verse 7 says, they go from strength to strength as every one of them that appear before God in Zion. Zion is the church. We go from strength to strength. That's why I love coming to church. Because we go from strength to strength. Our pastor sitting here, if you've seen him, you know, yesterday I saw him, I said, oh Lord. <laughs> uh, that man looks like something. Amen. 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 He looks like what? You know something? That cat, the cat dragged in. Amen. You know? He was not well at all. Amen. Okay, the whole family, this morning, was an effort. Amen. But he's here. You know what I'm saying? He's here. And I said all these things to let you know that it's not always hunky-dory. It's not always easy. It's like, well, if I don't come, you have to have praise and worship. We cannot come and not have praise and worship. We need to come. And then this scripture says, they go from strength to strength. You know, as you come into the house of the Lord, you you draw strength from one another. Iron sharpens iron. Amen. Together, together, we draw strength from one another. Amen. Amen. Tell someone, you drifting. Tell someone, you drifting. You drifting. You drifting. Don't drift. Don't drift. Don't drift. Don't drift. Amen. So that's number three. You don't spend much time fellowshipping. Your zeal for church attendance is zero. Your punctuality is zero. You know, we say these things, and for some people it's like, okay, yeah, well, it's what it is, isn't it? It's what? What it is. But you are drifting. So your zeal for church attendance, I'm not talking about the odd days here and there. There are things that happen that some days we are all late. You know what I'm saying? Some things happen that we're not always, you know, but it says zeal for church regularly. You know, attendance is down. Punctuality, service, active involvement is sporadic. Amen. Okay? We now pick and choose uh, what you want to do. Allow other events, activities, overtime, work, family, pro other people to take precedence over fellowship and over your church. You is drifting. I said what? You is drifting. Listen, I said before, you can justify it. You can sugarcoat it. You can clothe it in uh, whatever you want to. It still doesn't change the fact. Amen. That you're drifting from God. Amen. You are what? Drifting from God. Amen. You're neglecting to meet together. That is the habit of some. Amen. Amen. And when spiritual things don't excite you anymore. Amen. Spiritual things don't excite you anymore. This is attitude. Spiritual things don't excite you anymore. 
Do evangelism. And it's not because you're working or you don't have time off, but you have other things to do. Other things have become priority. You're drifting. You're drifting. Amen. No, listen. Simply ask yourself this question. Am I still on fire? Is my zeal the same as when I first gave my life to Christ? Amen. Has it increased? This is the best way to, 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 um, to gauge it. Amen. Don't let more I say or me move your whatever. You ask yourself this simple question. Am I still on fire for God? Is my zeal the same as when I first gave my life to Christ? Has it increased? Is it stagnant? Or has it decreased? That's the best way to gauge it. Amen. Am I still on fire for God? I know I am. Amen. I know I am. Amen. You can only speak for yourself. Amen. Speak for yourself. Amen. Amen. And whatever answer, your answer, if it's not that it has increased, must concern you. Listen, it's good to have a life, but not at God's expense. Okay? It's good to have a life, but not at God's expense. The Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Good to have a life. No one is saying don't have a life, but not at God's expense. Amen. Amen. Number four, the things that used to bother you don't really bother you anymore. That you are drifting. Signs that you are what? Drifting. You see how we are drifting slowly, slowly, justifying everything. You know, giving reasons, excuses for the things that we do. Like that changes the word of God. The things that used to bother you don't really bother you anymore. You know, what is sin? Sin is just immoral acts, transgression against a divine law, wrongdoing, acts of evil or wickedness. Trespass, transgression, ungodliness, unrighteousness. That's what sin is. Anything that displeases God, put it that way. Sometimes you don't even know what displeases God. So he's telling us that it's an immoral act. Transgression against divine law. That's God's law. That's the dictionary, uh, 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 trans, uh, the dictionary word meaning. Yeah, he says transgression against divine law. God's law. Wrongdoing, act of evil, wickedness. How some Christians are so evil and so wicked. It's shocking. Amen. And they think it's okay. They do evil. It doesn't move them. Ah, the sins, that doesn't shift. No. Impact. My God, my God. My God. Somebody say, my God, my God. My God, my God. The sins that used to bother you don't bother you anymore. Oh, this, somebody will say, well, this show isn't that bad. You're watching this thing and you know it's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you, you say, oh, it's not so bad. It doesn't move you anymore. Hallelujah. Going to certain places, praise Jesus. Amen. I ask everywhere you're going, are you looking? These days, they don't even look behind their shoulder anymore. Once upon a time when you're going somewhere, you know you should check and see if anyone around there should be sliding quietly. These days you just boldly, you know, swagger your way into it. It doesn't bother us anymore. It's become normal. It's become regular. That's why I say that drifting into the lazy, comfortable current of the world. The way the world thinks, the way the world talks, the way the world does things. Where is the word of God in our lives? Where is the word of God in our thinking, in our behaviors, in our attitudes? Not the world, but the word of God. Amen. You know? 
The Bible says in First Corinthians 10, 12, we looked at that. It says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take it, let it fall. Amen. You think you are standing, be careful. I think I'm standing, I must be careful. We think we are standing, we must be careful. Turn to your neighbor and say, you think you are standing, be careful. These are our warnings, amen, that the Lord himself gives to us, amen. Amen. And then let's move on quickly. Number five, you find yourself quietening your conscience more frequently, amen. You know? You find yourself quietening your conscience more frequently. You know, that's what I say, like justifying things, you know. I know it was wrong, but I'll pray about it tonight. Okay, 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 time out, time out. You know it's wrong, but you pray about it. Okay, 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 okay. You see what I'm saying? I will use this for a jargon, it doesn't make sense. You know it's wrong, but you're going to pray about it. What are you going to pray about when you already know it's wrong? Like God is going to turn around and say, it's okay. You, you see what I'm saying? There's some weirdness going on in Christendom today. My Lord, my Savior, my Master, my King. I know it's wrong, but you know what? I'll pray about it. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll see what the Lord says. The Lord ain't going to say nothing from what He has originally said. Do it or do not do it. That's it. Okay, so that's number five. You find yourself quietening your conscience. Your conscience is the Holy Spirit. And He's telling you, this is wrong. Don't do it. And then you push Him aside. Go there. Okay, you need to go and apologize. No, I won't. Oh, you need to do it. I won't. You need to fix it. I won't. Then after a while, the Holy Spirit will move aside. Because the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Amen. And He will not force you and I to do anything. So when the Holy Spirit keeps prompting you, do this. Do this. Don't do that. Do this. Don't do that. And you keep quietening your spirit man. You're drifting. I said what? You're drifting. Amen. I know I shouldn't have said it. I've done it. You say yes, but. The moment you say yes, but. Have we heard that before? Yes, but. You hear that a lot. Yes, but. Well, if it's yes, then leave it at yes. Amen. And fix it. Amen. No more yes, but. Tell your neighbor, no more yes, but. Tell somebody else, no more yes, but. All watching online, no more yes, but. Ah, amen, amen. First Timothy 4, 2 says, Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with hot iron. Can you, can you, can you say, NLC says, These people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. Right? When you keep quietening your conscience, the Holy Spirit is telling you, don't do it. Though. Leave that man alone. Leave that woman alone. Go to church. Don't pray. Oh, fast. Oh, give. Oh, da, 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 and you keep quietening your conscience. This is what the Bible says. These people are hypocrites and liars. And their conscience is dead. That is not your portion. Amen. That is not our portion. Amen. Are you still with me? Are you still here? Is this good stuff? Amen. This is what we need. Listen, when we are walking in obedience to the word of God, and we are that close to God, you don't need to worry about no devils or no demons or no nothing. Because God said, you ask for me, my part I will do. So God's part is settled. He said forever, oh Lord, your word is what? Settled. Ours is to do his word. And then what he has already settled will come to us. Amen. 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 Number six, let's move on quickly. Number six, you keep promising yourself that you will stop one day. <laughs> you keep promising yourself that I will stop one day. Not just yet. 
I'll stop, I'll stop. Today you go and do something wrong, you do something wrong. The Holy Spirit tells you and you say, yeah, 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 it wasn't so bad. You know, we'll see, we'll see tomorrow. You know, tomorrow and tomorrow never comes. Amen. Tomorrow never what? Comes. But when tomorrow comes, it's tomorrow, isn't it? The next day and then the next day. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so we keep promising ourselves that I'll stop. Okay, this is the last time I look at that pornography. Mm. This is the last time I steal. Mm. This is the last time I smoke. Mm. This is the last time I drink. Mm. This is the last time I visit that man. Mm. I didn't hear the mm there. This is the last time I visit that woman. Mm. Uh, give me some. Give me some. Say some. <laughs> Apparently, I've said it all. Amen. But you know what I'm saying? Saying, saying of God. Let's really take this God seriously. Amen. Okay? You keep promising yourself that you will stop. I remember this. This really hit me because when I became born again, when I first became born again, many, many, many years ago, you know, I was struggling. I said what? I was what? Oh, guys, I was what? You don't know struggle, eh? You, some of you have struggled before. I was struggling to give up sin. Eh? Especially one particular sin. I won't tell you what. You all sitting there looking at me. Eh, you can guess. What a sin. Sweet sin. Amen. That's all I'm saying. It was nice. Praise God. But I was struggling to give up sin, man. In a particular area, you know. And, and I would go to church, you see. I'll go to church, pepepe, and I was in the choir too, amen. And the church choir, this wasn't some youth choir, nothing. This was proper church choir where we put on robes. And we come and we roll, we go to the vestry. Just, we go to the vestry, all of us. Everyone has their, you know, and then you take your robe, put it on. Hey, holy, you sanctified. And then we'll go and then we'll line, you know, the choir lines up and then we process, you know, process into. The, the, the church and then we go and then as we go and then the travels go that way then the autos go that way the tenors go that way beautiful beautiful and then the hymn now and things are up there and then hymn number so and so and then we all get up like an army and then we will sing all the parts eh? then you hear heaven coming down we will sing and everything yeah, beautiful and then we'll finish we'll say the grace everything my pastor and then we'll go home. Chale. Sunday or Monday. I can't wait for Monday to come. I can't wait for Monday to come. I'm being honest with you. That's why I'm so passionate. That's why I know how it is to struggle. But the Lord, our God, was faithful. Amen. Because I was determined. You know, the Lord, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. I don't want to keep doing this. I want to change. I want to be the best of me that you have. I want to be a child of God. I want people to see when people see me. I don't want them to see anything in me that will push them away from you. I want them to see God in me. I was determined. To become what God says I can become. Amen. 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 Monday come, I can't wait. Right? Instead of going to school to go and study, then I'll make a detour. And yeah, I was bad, though. <laughs> you don't know. That's why I'm so good. Amen. Uh, you know what? That's why I'm so good. Because I was so bad. Amen. That's why I'm so good. Amen. You know? And I was struggling. But one after one, after the other. And then I started going to church. 
and I stopped missing church and I started mingling with the right people in church and I started speaking to people and I started, you know, and then we're praying for one another slowly, 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 slowly the Lord delivered me, amen the Lord can deliver you, amen amen I kept saying one day I'll stop tomorrow, I'll stop, then I'll go and do it again it doesn't matter, get up, amen you fall down, rise up again rise up again and keep marching on, amen the Holy Spirit will help you, amen Okay, Job 31, 1 says, I have made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I look upon or look at a maid, a virgin, or a young man, or a young woman? I have made a covenant with my eye, that my eye will only see God. So why would my eyes now move to man, to woman, and not see God? Amen. And keep sinning, keep doing the same old thing, same old things. Amen. Is this a comfortable subject? Amen. I find people get so jittery when we start talking about these things. They get what? Jittery. Like, oh, move on quickly. Move on quickly. But these are the little foxes, so-called little foxes, that are not so little. That's for the vine. Amen. Amen. Listen, you've made a covenant. When the day I give my life to Christ, you made a covenant with your eye to God that you will not look upon anything that is unholy. Amen. Amen. All right. Number five, quickly. You find yourself making excuses for things. Okay, these are all in line. We are drifting. We are drifting. Look around. We are drifting. People are drifting. This is happening right before our eyes. People are drifting and they don't even know they are drifting. Amen. So you find yourself making excuses for things. Like, I'm only chatting on Facebook with that guy. I'm not doing anything. It's not like we're sleeping together. Remember that big thing is not doesn't just happen overnight. It's a combination of little, little choices and decisions that we make along the line. Amen. Amen. Saints of God, me, I care about your spiritual wholeness. So I will always tell you the truth of the word of God. Amen. Amen. These are the things that really, really happen. That's why sometimes we are unable to see God. Amen. Amen. We are drifting. We don't know why we are drifting. These are the signs that you are drifting. Huh? You, 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 you find yourself making excuses for things. You know, once upon, that's a, once upon a time, when you do something wrong, that's something you, the thing breaks you, the Holy Spirit breaks your conscience. You, you're uncomfortable. You can't sleep. You can't eat. You can't drink. Until you've, you've asked God for forgiveness. Now we sin and eat. We sin and drink. While we are sinning, we are eating, we are drinking. We are making merry. My God, my God. You're drifting, you're drifting. We make excuses for things. I'm, I'm only chatting with a guy on Facebook. <laughs> I'm only chatting. But we're only chatting. But we're not sleeping yet. Go and tell God that you're only chatting. Eh? Go and tell God <laughs> that we are not but we are, but we are not sleeping. You see the yes, but. I know it's wrong, but. I shouldn't do it, but. You know? But you're, you're speaking to somebody midnight hours when you shouldn't, you know? No, Obati, she knows Soleil. I just changed, I changed gear on you right now. Obati, she knows Soleil. No, you will get up and pray and ask God to forgive you and help you. You are chatting to men eh? and women on, on, on Facebook, on social media. And you're saying, oh, but we are not sleeping together. Eh? Is he your, your husband? Is she your wife? Eh? Are you betrothed? <laughs> eh? The crazy things that are happening in Christendom today, Christendom today, I'm telling you, Lord help us, Amen, Amen. I've seen it happen. You know it's wrong, and yet, and and 
the strange thing, again, that I find is that we, we, people are doing wrong, but you can't say anything. Like, how dare you correct me? It's my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do what I want to do. You can talk till the cows come home. It's my life. I'll do it. I mean, there are some that they don't know. So when you speak to them, they take it. But there are those that, it's like you can't even correct them. You can't tell them that this is wrong. Me, I will tell you it's wrong. I, I will tell you it's wrong. Because I've seen it happen right before my eyes. Somebody chatting to somebody who online, and then you are catching feelings. You know catching feelings. You know catching feelings. Don't you sit there and look all innocent. And, and, and God is watching you. You think God is happy. That's what I'm thinking that. I'm saying that. Have we forgotten that God is all seeing? God is all seeing. See how you are drifting away from the, 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 the word, the truth. And, and it doesn't move us anymore. It doesn't touch us anymore. We're just doing what we want to do. I have seen it happen. Chatting to somebody. And then one day, they, 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 they leave. And then you wonder why they left. And they can't tell you the real reason why they left. Because the reason that they give you is like, really? Nah. Somebody say, no more, yes, but. Okay, so if you, are, you find yourself in any of the categories there, stop it now. The Holy Spirit will help you to stop. Amen. No more yes, but. Amen. Okay? Stop making excuses for the things that you know are wrong. Amen. They are wrong, but you are still doing it. Hallelujah. There is so much more I can say, but we shall leave it there. Amen. Okay? That's how it starts. Eh? Someone told me, they won't back and they can I just spoke my language. Oh, but we are only chatting. Oh, we are not saying it. I said, but what are you chatting about at this ungodly? Does his wife know that you are chatting to, to, to him at that time of the night? Hello, somebody. Hello. Does the wife know that you are chatting at that time of the night? Does the husband know that you are chatting to his wife at that time of the night? If they don't know, then you know you're wrong for that. And God is watching. God is watching. Let's bring back holiness and purity and righteousness into the house of the Lord. And let people begin to see our God. Is somebody in the house? Let people begin to see our God in our life. Amen. We have all these things going on. Drifting, drifting, drifting. And we are just coming and going. Yeah, I'm sick and tired of just going and coming. I want to see God. I want to see the manifestation of the signs and wonders. The miracles, signs and wonders that God says shall follow us. Amen. That people will see us and say, Hey, I'm coming with you. I've seen something in you. I'm coming with you to your church. I want to meet your God. Amen, somebody. Amen. And then, the last two, let's do that quickly. You stop sharing your faith, testimony, or the gospel with others or inviting them to church. Partly because you don't come to church yourself or you don't come all the time. Amen. Another sign that you are drifting is you stop sharing your faith. Amen. Your testimony or the gospel with others. Or inviting them to church. Look at how powerful our sister's testimony was today. Amen. How powerful her testimony was today. Amen. Amen. Powerful testimony. You know, go out there and share your testimony. Tell somebody how good God has been to you. You know, I say to people that, are you saying that God has not been good to you? 
then we are making God to be a liar. Because the fact that you, you slept and you woke up is enough to thank God. Amen. Amen. Go tell somebody about the gospel, the good news that Jesus loves you. You know, you may be going through stuff. That's all right. But the Lord will help you. Amen. The Holy Spirit will help you if you commit your life to Him. If you trust Him. If you go through the process. Amen. Amen. Luke 14, 23. Luke 14, 23. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go into the highways. Go into the edges. Go into the world. Compel them to come in that my house may be full. Amen. Amen. Some of our folks, uh, uh, we haven't seen them in a long while. Amen. Call them. Find out. Encourage them. Come back to church. Come to church. Amen. Why? He said we should go and tell the world about him. Compel them. Encourage them to come in. Some of the reasons, some of the excuses that are given. Tell them what the word says about it. No. He says come into the house of God. He says do not forsake. Thou shalt not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You grow from strength to strength when you come. Stop listening to the excuses and things that people are giving you to shun the house of God and to stop fellowshipping in the house of God. Amen. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, start sharing your faith. Start giving your testimony. Start inviting others to church. And you yourself start coming to church. Amen. All the time. Amen. Amen. Acts 26.22 says, <laughs> Acts 26.22 says, Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day witnessing both to small and great. Amen? Amen? Amen. Having what? Having therefore obtained help. You know, because God has helped me, I continue witnessing to both the great and the small. Whoever will listen. I continue to witness, to share that's my faith. Continue to share. This, everybody goes through trials, tests. Don't focus on that. We do focus on that. Share your faith. Remember when you first gave your life to Christ. Where is that fire gone? Bring that fire. Don't ever lose that fire. Amen. Amen. Don't drift. Get back. Get back your fire. Amen. To borrow my sister's you know, title, get your mojo back. Amen. Get it back. Amen. Without it, you can't do nothing. Without it, you can't serve God. Without it, you can't do anything for God. Amen. Amen, somebody. Are we still in the house? Are you still online? Amen. Amen. And then let's look at the last one. Then we're going to just be upstanding and then we're just going to pray right now. Amen. The last one, the last time that you're drifting is you cut down on your tithing, you cut down on your giving, you cut down on being generous to God's work or God's house, or you stop completely as compared to your zeal, to your tithing or your support for God's work before. Amen. Amen. We're talking about money, eh? Not just money, okay? Tithing is your time as well. Amen. Okay? So you cut down on your tithing, and generous giving to God's work or God's church or stop completely as compared to your zeal to tithe and to give to the work of the Lord. Amen. It's a sign that you are what? Drifting. It's a sign that you are what? Drifting. I cannot comprehend not paying my tithe. It's like it's a taboo. Amen. I've given you this, uh, this uh, story, a true story of when we had a house and we were being re- repossessed and they took us to court. Amen. Amen, somebody. 
And then the judge, you know, came and said, well, I've looked at your finances and I see all your outgoings, your expenditure, um, your outgoings, everything, income and all that. And then I see something called a tithe at the top of your list. This is the judge. He said, I see something called tithe at the top of your list. What is that? He said, at the top of your list, though, it wasn't even a mortgage. He said, what is that? So we said, well, tithe is 10% of everything that we earn. I said, what is that for? We give it to God. He said, well, what is that? So we showed him the scripture. You know, Bishop was there. You know how he, we forgot that he was a judge. You just go excited talking about tithing to him. You know, I said, no, that's what God says. He said, he said then this is what the judge said to us. He said, but do you not think that, you know, because you're, you're owing that, if you take your tithe and give it to and pay towards it, I think God will, your God will understand. We looked at the judge and we said, it's like telling the, 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 the Muslim. And I said, would you say this to a Muslim? So she see the difference. I said, it's like taking a, telling a Muslim that don't give, you know, or don't do your salaka. You know they do salaka, salaka. You're telling them don't do it, right? I said, no, 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 no. We said, no, no, this is the word of God. This is what God says. He says we should do that. And when we do that, he himself will rebuke the devourer for our sake. And that, that. So the judge, the judge said, wow, he's never heard this before. So he said, okay, I'm going to, you know, do a deal for you guys. Okay, go and pay off your thing, da, 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 da. All right, don't worry about it. Pay it off bit by bit by then. He said that I'm going to start practicing this myself. This is the judge. The way we were convinced, I mean, we were so convinced that we, we are prepared to lose our house even for that. Ah, today we have a house that is paid for and everything. Because we went through the process. Amen. Go give the Lord a... It happens. You just have to be consistent. I said, later, you won't tell a Muslim. Some of the things that they are telling us not to do, they will not tell the Muslim because the Muslim will not stand for it. But as for us, anything and everything goes. It's time to stand for Christ. Amen. It's time to stand for Christ. Amen. Tithing and giving is about honor and love for God and His house. I ask people, how do you expect the house of God to be maintained? You know, if we don't tithe, if we don't give. You know, and all the funniness coming out now, like I said, I'm not even going to go into that. Okay, God is still God. God's word is still to be obeyed. Amen. To obey, to obey God or to obey man, it's no brainer. It's a no brainer. Don't argue with anybody about obeying God or obeying man. Okay, God is never wrong. Amen. Men can be wrong. Amen. Men what? Can be wrong. But God is never wrong. Amen. The word of God stands sure. Amen. Obey God. Amen. Amen. Alright. So let's give our tithe. Let's give our offerings. You know, as love, a show of our love for God and to keep God's house. Amen. Amen. You know it's for God's house, right? Uh, the pastor sometimes is speaking we have a little joke and you know you hear all kinds of funny things going about how people are paying big tithe and the tithe is going to pocket um, the pastor's pockets and things I said we must be in the wrong church <laughs> somebody we are in the wrong business isn't it because I'm sitting there that line in my own pocket you know what I'm saying we're working hard like you know we're working hard to make sure that we provide for our own homes and make sure that we have enough to bring to the house of God as well so now it's coming to our pocket like, you know, like you're saying, building houses and the cars are like, shit. <laughs> Somebody points me in that direction. <laughs> no. You see, but the tithe works for me. Me, the tithe has delivered me from a lot. My life 
if you ask me about my life, my marriage, my children, everything is my tithing. Okay? My giving, my generous giving to the house of God consistently, regardless of what comes. You know, sometimes you don't have it, but God always comes first. I said, they just said, what is that thing called tithe at the top of your list? What's it at the bottom? Amen. Amen. So, and I've told you that's about fish pond when I took God's money and went to clean my fish pond. You remember the story? I took my tithe money. I said, oh God, I'll postpone it. You know, when I get some money, I'll put it in. You know, God. You know how we talk to us? Oh God, you know I'll pay. You know I'll give it to you. But you know me. Look at us. You know I'll give. The moment you start doing that, you find that things begin to go backwards. Because you never, the devil will make sure you never have it to give. And to pay what you owe God. Things will become more tight. I said, oh God, you know I'll give it to you. Don't worry. <laughs> Let me use it to clean my fish pond. Near our fish pond. The fishes are they are dying thing. Let me clean it. And then the birds came and uh, the, the stocks, we don't have I don't know where they came from and they came to eat all my fish. And I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. From then on. Okay, so let's not use our tithe for other things other than what God says it's for. Amen. 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 This is this are the this is the truth of the word. This is the truth of the word. Let's not allow the people of the world to be saying certain men of to be telling us otherwise. Amen. Amen. The tithe has saved me many, many, many times. Amen. I've come to him and said, Father, look at my tithe. Amen. Let it speak. Amen. Okay? So Romans fifteen twenty seven says, If it has pleased them verily that and their debtors that they are, for all the Gentiles have been made partakers of all spiritual things, our duty is also to minister back unto them in carnal things. Amen. The good news. Now the good news. We look at the signs that we are drifting. Right? So the good news now is if you find yourself drifting. Tell your name. Tell somebody. Say, if you find yourself drifting. Remember, we said that anybody can drift. Anybody can drift. So if you find yourself drifting, you can put a stop to it now. Amen. God loves to help us. Amen. That's why he's given us the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. To help us. Amen. He's given us the power to change. Hallelujah. So if you find yourself drifting, these are the three things to do. Repent. Repent. God loves, loves you when we come to him and repent. Repentance means, Father, I'm sorry. I didn't realize or I knew I was drifting. But thank you for bringing it to my world. Remembrance. Forgive me. Okay? Forgive me. All the things that we looked at. Forgive me. Help me, Holy Spirit. I repent. Help me to start afresh. Start anew. That is the prayer we're going to pray. Amen. Also, tell a close spiritual mature friend. Okay? If you are really struggling with some stuff. Tell a what? A close spiritually mature. Eh? Make sure they are spiritually mature. Okay? Before you go and tell them something. Uh, spiritually mature person. When I say spiritually mature, you know what I mean. Amen. You have some serious pastors, pastors in this house. Amen. Tell them what has been going on in your life and they can help you with it. Amen. And then, number three, return to the things you used to do. Okay? That's the way to stop ourselves from drifting. What did I used to do before that you stopped doing? Return back to it. Amen. Don't let condemnation stop you from doing it. Don't let pride stop you from doing it. Amen. Don't let people stop you from doing it. Go to God's word, prayer, fellowship, fighting temptation and listening to the promptings of your conscience. Amen and amen. 
Don't let yourself drift. Tell somebody, don't let yourself drift. Drifting is dangerous. Sometimes it's lethal. Okay, let's say this together in closing. Don't let yourself drift. Drifting is dangerous. Sometimes it's lethal. Amen and amen. Alright, let's give the Lord some praise in the house. Let's give the Lord a shout and a clap in the house. Cottonwood Publications presents the Financial Freedom Pack. The four newly released books by the author and prolific writer, Dr. Michael Hottonwood. Titles are 21 Reasons Why No Believer or Pastor Should Be Poor, How to Get Out of Debt, and Stay Out of Debt, Steps to Becoming Debt-Free, Why Budgeting is Not an Option, and Reasons Why People Walk in Lack. Order your copies today by calling 0208-689-6010 or order online at Amazon.co.uk, www.hasajuda.org. UK or michaelhottonwood.org. Debit or credit card accepted. Secure online payments. Buy Visa cards, MasterCard, Charge cards, Stored Valued cards, Lease cards, and PayPal.